Welcome to Screw the Hierarchy, episode 70. This is Deb Falzoy, and this week I'm talking about the top three reasons I have to testify at our virtual hearing in Massachusetts for the Dignity at Work Act. We have a hearing coming up on Tuesday, June 22nd at 10.30 a.m. You can sign up for more information about that by going to dignityatworkact.org and filling in the form for the action alert or any form on that homepage for that matter. And we will alert you uh, with more information. We should have about two weeks prior some information on um, how to sign up because it is required to sign up before the date of the hearing. And we would love for you to join us in solidarity in telling the legislators, the state legislators of Massachusetts that we have had enough of workplace bullying. Are you ready to hear more about my reasons for testifying? More after this. If you're a target of workplace abuse and want to break free of the grips of abusive power, you've found your place. I'm your host, Deb Falzoy, and the podcast begins now. So we have an official hearing date in Massachusetts for the Dignity at Work Act. And it is Tuesday, June 22nd at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And I want to share with you my top three reasons this week to testify. It will be a virtual hearing. You don't have to even live in Massachusetts to share your story or share uh, your reasoning for wanting to, um, to have this bill pass, to have to have fundamental human rights for workers in terms of their dignity. And once we get one bill passed in one state, it will be much easier to get one passed in another state. So we highly encourage you to testify if you're comfortable. Um, If you're not comfortable, that's okay too. But um, you will hear in the next couple of weeks how to testify, what form to fill out to sign up, to get more information. Um, and at the end of this this episode, I will uh, give you a, a way to get on our, our email list so that you can make sure that you will get notified. So let's just get right into it. The first reason to testify is that you can use your voice and tell your side of the story. That's, that's number one. I'm going to go through three of them here, but that is number one that, you know, if you worked in a toxic work culture, which most likely you did, or you still do, um, you feel silenced. You feel like your side of the story isn't heard. If you've reported it, that's especially true. If you've reported it to HR or a higher up, Um, In rare instances, they, you know, HR or a higher up will side with you. But more often than not, you are working or have worked in a toxic culture and you don't feel heard. You feel like they're siding with the um, abuser and it becomes this he said, she said situation and there's no investigation or their idea of an investigation is talking to the abuser and talking to you, which is not an investigation. Um, so, you know, you are are left with feeling helpless and unheard. So this is an opportunity to feel heard, to feel like your side of the story matters. And in writing out your story, um, and we have separately some testimony trainings, but the big um, factor here is that in Massachusetts, you will have three minutes tops to share your story. And that can be a little... 
um, frustrating for people who want to feel heard. But at the same time, it gives some structure to uh, the situation, respecting the, the state legislator's time. And you still have opportunity to submit written testimony, which can be much longer and much more in-depth. Although in that case, we still want the legislators to read it and therefore, you know, also be respectful of their time. Keep it to just a couple of pages. Say what you want to say. Say the most important things, whether that's a summary of your story, um, an insight that you think other people might not generally be taking, some kind of something something that you think would help a state legislator really understand this issue whether like i said whether you live in massachusetts or not there is power in your voice um and it, you know it's not it's probably not not uh falling on the ears of your employer in this instance um i also want to add that there may be some risk it is a public forum i don't believe there's a way that people could search for um you know whether you've testified or not but these are public uh documents you could request that your name get redacted because it is a sensitive issue if people request testimony through this uh, joint committee on labor and workforce development but it is public record so you decide what is best for you you could submit testimony anonymously um, you could submit it to us and we could submit it for you and absolutely making sure that your um, name is an email address are nowhere near the document and also you can submit um, video testimony if you can't make it there that day for you know, if you have to work or for whatever reason, you can also submit video testimony. And that really is powerful in putting a, a face to this issue. Um, we already have a lot of people signed up and committed to giving testimony. But the more people we have, the better. The more people we have to say that this is an issue. You can't not listen to us when there is an army of us. So... Um, it's really important and really powerful that we get as many people as possible to testify. And if, you know, if not just you, you could get your spouse or your partner to also, you know, talk about the impact this has had on your family or just any a friend or anyone you know who is willing to talk over Zoom for three minutes out of their day. Um and this may be the only opportunity we get to have a virtual hearing because of the rare circumstances with the pandemic. So, um, you know, this this can be really powerful to get people to, um, you know, not have to drive into the state house, not have to ask for the day off to just really put their voice out there and feel heard. My second uh, reason for testifying is that you can share your story with the people who can affect change. And that's kind of similar to the first one, but it's important who we're telling our stories to. It's, it's, it's important that, um, you know, when, when we're telling our stories to HR or a higher up, um, you know, or even a friend or a family member, sometimes we can experience some re-trauma if we don't feel heard, if we don't feel, um, like they understand what they're going through and especially at work if they're not responding to what we're going through then it's especially traumatic if they're retaliating or vilifying us on top of it that's an extra layer of 
of um, harm that's that's being done. So this is an opportunity where you can talk to people who can actually do something about this. I have never, you know, in all my years of being at hearings, I have never heard um, an ungrateful response from a state legislator or staffer about our stories. They've always been grateful that we have had the courage to come forward and share what we've been through. So, um, and the, the more who can learn about this, the better. Um, I've heard recently that, um, you know, we, of course, we're, this shouldn't, abuse should not be a bipartisan issue. But in terms of the, you know, who's more likely to support this? I mean, in general, progressives support workers' rights. Um, but, you know, across the spectrum of political views, in general, um, Democrats, because I think they're they're more likely to um, have the empathy or um, relate to have that that understanding more of uh, to begin with with the stories. So they actually resonate more in these uh, scenarios with the facts. And then on the Republican side, where they're more um, interested in the facts to begin with the stories that we share are more impactful in these settings. So we want this blend um, of information. There's There are testimony um, topics that we've already put together that if you're not comfortable testifying with your own story for whatever reason, you can reach out to us and say, I'll, I'll just read what you already have. They're already timed in under three minutes. And we need about nine or 10 people to uh, read through those and just get paint a broader picture and put some context into the into this issue for state legislators. So we talk about things like, is discrimination law really effective? Who's passed this? Who's passed some kind of protections already? And we talk about in the U.S., also internationally. Um, and just as an aside, in the U.S., the only um, U.S. territory that has passed something with teeth is Puerto Rico. And that was fairly recently. So we're really excited to share that news with legislators. We talk about the impact on businesses, the financial impact on them, especially all sorts of different angles on this issue that are really important for state legislators to understand. So, um, you know, when I got involved with working on workplace anti-abuse legislation to begin with, I was like, where can I have the most impact here? Where can I help other people? Where can I affect change? And this was it. Um, uh, kind of as as an aside, I, you know, hear time and time again of people saying, well, you know, legislation's a long haul. It's not going to be a quick fix, um, you know, and it's not going to make workplace bullying go away. And that's those two reasons are not actually why we're getting involved um, in, in speaking up for change. The, the main reasons for me personally are that... Um, you know, we need this long haul. We would never have had sexual harassment law or even, you know, discrimination law passed had it not been for the tireless efforts of people who care, of people who want to see change through a long haul. We know that, um, you know, other workers' rights paid FMLA in Massachusetts took about 20 years to pass. I've heard of an OSHA bill 
taking about 17 years to pass, this is a long haul. And we know that when we do get it passed that, you know, some people will experience re-trauma by going through the court system. Some people, you know, of course, workplace bullying is still going to happen. But what we're really focusing on is the preventative aspect of this bill, of the fact that we can move the needle on this culture. You know, we've seen with sexual harassment law and the Me Too movement that sexual harassment law didn't eradicate sexual harassment. No, no law eradicates it, eradicates an issue. It is there to... Um, put some structure and some some values into our culture and have some accountability. Um, and that's what this is about. Even if it will be difficult, even if people will experience re-trauma by suing, even if, you know, gaining your power can often just be leaving a job and, you know, c- carving out your best life, um, it's still important to to have those protections and have some accountability with um, employers. If you talk to somebody who's worked pre-sexual harassment law, they will describe a very different norm for work cultures, um, you know, back in the 60s or 70s. Um, and while we haven't eradicated sexual harassment, we've, we've, we've moved the needle on what's acceptable in the workplace. And that's really what this is about for me. So we can affect change when we get this bill passed. And we will get this bill passed. It's one of the strongest pieces of legislation I've seen on this issue. Um, it focuses on a positive right. So it's really about making the employee whole again instead of just, you know, trying to appease businesses, which is not you know, with any other law where we, where there should be consequences, we don't take into account, um, you know, like, well, what's going to benefit the murderer or what's going to benefit the rapist? It's, you know, when you are holding a, a perpetrator accountable for damage, it is not um, that vital to, to include, um, you know, thinking about what's going to work for them. Obviously, we don't want to like ruin business, but workplace bullying doesn't help businesses. It harms them. It harms their bottom line. It creates absenteeism, turnover, extra expenses, lots of extra expenses. Um, There is a huge business case for not uh, bullying your employees. So the last point, my third reason for testifying is that you can help make history this is huge this is you know we have um we we have victories with workers rights not too often and this would be a major victory for employees there are there are other things we're trying to or that um, advocates are trying to pass across the country that in in different states that would be really helpful in moving the needle things like at will employment where you are at the will of your employer and you can be fired for any reason that's technically not discriminatory but we know that workplace bullying so often is discrimination it's legal discrimination it's discrimination that we can't prove but we know that a stereotype is behind it we know that it reinforces this hierarchy with white men generally at the top and everybody else not in positions of power. Um, So, you know, Montana is the only state that has passed at-will employment, and we we have an opportunity to work on that. We can ban non-disclosure agreements that are silencing uh, people, 
and 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 enabling emboldening serial abusers we have an opportunity to pass um what's called one fair wage it's a you know, making the sub-minimum wage increase for tipped workers, so restaurant workers, uh, Uber and Lyft drivers, Instacart workers, anyone who relies on tips, who in a, you know, um, tricky, uh, more challenging situation, such as like a New England winter for a restaurant worker, you could have an entire month where people just aren't coming in, and that's going to affect your ability to pay your bills to like maintain your basic financial health um and then there's also a campaign called fair work week that is calling for um some basic rights for hourly employees so things like you know getting two weeks notice for um a shift or um you know, not working a closing and opening shift back to back or getting first dibs on shifts before they're opened up to a new hire. Um, I think there's a a fourth thing in there, but you can go on and you can Google Fair Work Week and see what those requests are. So things like that, that we are supporting fully, um, advocating for because they are, if we can't get to the, the nuances of how how employers are abusing workers, um, we won't get the change that we want. So we have an opportunity here to partner with other organizations to make history, to give basic rights to workers, because we have a right to, to, to go into work and feel safe, to feel psychologically safe. So that's what this is about. We have an opportunity here, even through the long haul, to use our collective voices to, you know, share with other people what we're doing. And with this being such an epidemic, we actually did a survey in Massachusetts of 500 employees. Most of them were state employees, um, a lot of that being higher ed. And around 65% of employees had been bullied during their careers. And that is a staggering number. That is an epidemic. Um, you know, that's almost, that, that's basically two thirds of the workforce who we surveyed have experienced abuse at work. And that is not okay. It is not okay to abuse power. It is not okay to derail people's careers because of egos it is not okay to drive someone to suicide, to affect their um, well-being, to damage their physical health because of the, the mind-body connection. There is so much research out there um, connecting this issue with stress and increased death rates. And um, Jeffrey Pfeffer's book, Dying for a Paycheck Alone, really drives home the point that this is a public health crisis and we should be raising the alarm bells and you know we need nothing more than to create an army to say we've had enough of this so i've i've talked about these top three reasons of you know getting a chance to share your story your side of the story and using your voice and sharing it with the people who can most affect change and then lastly helping to make history. So let's talk about how to make this all happen. So if you go to the homepage, dignityatworkact.com, oh, sorry, dignityatworkact.org, you can um, see all types of different actions. And one of them is to sign up for action alerts. So if you 
go there and you find that um, find that form, you can sign up with us. And in about two weeks, roughly, I'd say um, two weeks before the 22nd of June, we will have the form to fill out to sign up to get on this hearing. And you have to actually sign up to speak at the hearing. Um, there is a deadline for it that is before June 22nd. So it's really important that if you are interested in verbally testifying that you sign up on this form and we need as many people as we can get to testify. Like I said, you don't have to actually live in Massachusetts. This is a virtual hearing on top of it. So you can testify from anywhere and we want to, we want to build on the energy of that and, showing people across the country who might be introducing a bill in another state, like what these hearings look like, how easy it is um, to do it, or, or at least logistically easy with a virtual hearing. I mean, there, there, there uh, are challenges in, in finding the comfort to, um, or finding the courage, I should say, to actually testify, but we're here to support you. We have two more testimony trainings coming up before the big date so that's june 1st tuesday june 1st at 7 p.m eastern time and tuesday june 15th at 7 p.m eastern time we will go through with you um, how to draft your testimony how to sign up to have someone look it over if you're interested in that how to buddy up with somebody how to um, what you should say, what you, or what you can say in your testimony, what's a good outline for sharing your story. All there's a, a, um, kind of worksheet that goes along with this. And we really want to set everybody up for success so we can collectively say that we have had enough. Um, so if you sign up for that action alert, you will get on, on an email that gives you links to sign up for either one of those testimony trainings. You will get a link to sign up for the actual hearing if you don't, you know, either way, whether you sign up for the testimony training or not. Some people feel totally comfortable testifying even without the training. Maybe they've done it before. Um, maybe they haven't and they're just fine sharing their story in under three minutes. Um sticking to the facts, letting the facts speak for themselves. Um, it, it can be really powerful. So like I said, dignityatworkact.org from anywhere in the world, really, you can testify, you can share your voice, you can help us, um, you know, to help us fight for workers' rights in Massachusetts. And then if we pass the bill here, there was there will be such a higher chance of passing it in any other state. I want to also note that we're waiting on a hearing date for the bill in Rhode Island, which passed the state Senate already, which is huge momentum for this this new bill. Um, in that state, we we go in also in front of, so we had a, a hearing in front of the Senate Labor Committee, then a floor vote in the Senate. Now we go to the House side. We have a House bill number now. Um, we are now waiting on um, a date for the House Labor Committee hearing. So we will do the same exact thing. We will try to get as many people as possible to that hearing so that we can 
we can say we've had enough. We deserve rights. We don't, we, you know, people go through years of education and ton of, of uh, cost to that education. And then it can just be pulled right out from under them and they can be banned from an industry basically because of an insecure boss or coworker. So we should have rights around this. People's lives should not be destroyed because somebody wants to put their ego above the organization or above another human being. So it is time for us to stand up in solidarity Tuesday, June 22nd, 1030 a.m. Eastern time. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Screw the Hierarchy. If you feel like you need more help, I have a free guide to recovery steps at dignitytogether.org slash targets and a sign up for daily boosts through your inbox at the same place. All of the content in this podcast was created and edited by yours truly, Deb Falzoy, and the music you heard is from Kevin McLeod. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you on the next episode. Bye.